The following program is a podcast1.com production. And here it is. Oh, mama. Yeah! Best podcast in the motherfucking world. Isn't this going to be a Swole Patrol episode? It is. It is. Do we have our uh, guest all lined up, Anderson? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, what? I Well, Anderson wanted to know if you wanted me to call him now. I was like, well, I should have called him before we started. Yeah. That's all right. It would have been all good. better. How was oh, I should have called him while I was working on all, all, all the other shit. Yeah. Should have just done like nine things at once. Yeah. yeah. Like, or, or we could have booted the twat out of our studio that was taking it up before That's we got here. That's not a nice thing to say, especially when she's standing right next to me. It's the truth. Uh, what is Welcome back, Mike. How was Nashville? Nashville is great. Yeah. I love it. Is love it, that city. It's good. How did you like the hotel? Uh, it was great. Yeah. It was awesome. It's like having your own apartment. You and know? the restaurant was good? Uh, well, we, we ate at numerous but amazing that, but restaurants. The, but you stayed at that hotel because of that restaurant, right? Well, yeah, but it was closed. No! Through uh, through Thanksgiving. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, through the whole holiday? Yeah. The weekend? Yeah. They, they might have told you that, right? That's what I said. Wow. And, of course, because it's Nashville, everyone was... So insanely apologetic. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they were just the nicest people in the world. Yeah. But I was like, you know, I mean, you—it's a four-room hotel. I know. And the fact that it's connected to one of the most sought-after and exclusive restaurants in the city, the fact that that was going to be closed November twenty-third through twenty-ninth uh. should have been mentioned. You know. Uh. Oh my god! But so it turned out to be fine. Because, did I see you? Because well, just because. Because I mean, it, I, you didn't hear me. You didn't mishear me. It's a four room hotel. It's no, a, well, it's but, a, but it's a four room hotel. You have a little baby, and four rooms could be right. with a baby a, a, a intolerable disaster too. Well, yes, but the way it's set up, it's almost like it's almost like really expensive condos. I mean, you okay, know what I'm saying? Like it, it actually made for be- if you were in like the MGM Grand or somewhere yeah. where there's a ton of rooms, yeah. you can hear the person next to you. This yeah. was like there was no chance, okay, you know. Good. Um, and and they had like a little service area and a kitchen where they. You know, they throughout the day they'd bring like pastries and fresh coffee oh, and stuff. That's nice. So, so yeah, I mean, like if you wake up in the morning and you have your eight month old, like it's nice to be able to walk and get a cup of coffee. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, that's good. All right, well, that's good. And then did did I see you at the Country Music Hall of Fame at the Omni Hotel? Uh-huh. We, yeah. Did you go to that steakhouse in the Omni? I did. That's where we had our Thanksgiving dinner. It's good, right? Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah. And uh, there's so many good restaurants there. Right? Oh, it's all it's well, insane. and it's and like I could understand how a Nashville local would. I mean. The Omni, the Gaylord Omni is kind of like what Disneyland would be to someone who lives in Orange County. Yeah. Where it's like, it's awesome, but if, you, if you've if been yeah. there a couple of times, you're like, this is so cheesy. Yeah. But if you're, uh, I mean, if you have a little baby and oh. she gets all dressed up in her frilly dress oh, for yeah. Thanksgiving and we went and had like a full traditional Southern Thanksgiving dinner and, and the whole day, it was like, a, and we went for a little gondola ride around the, you know, the river. It was great. It was like a super. Well, that's at the old Grand Ole Opry. No, no, no. The, uh, the Opry, the Opryland deal oh yeah, yeah. no no there's there's a steakhouse at the omni hotel oh no 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 no, okay. no 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 then we went to we went to uh husk husk we went to uh adele's we went yeah. to uh the, the the social club the, oh you went to yeah. my social yeah that's really cool isn't it yeah it's amazing yeah so um but you know and this was my my wife's first time in that city she uh, just fell in love i i promised her i was like you're i i just know you and you're gonna love nashville yeah. and she, she yeah she did yeah. did you go to the the talky talks stuff down on broadway oh of course did all that yeah. of course that's a little much for the baby i imagine yeah but i didn't care yeah i mean she but she you know she's into that you know i mean she likes the stimulation well my baby likes a lot of people yeah yeah she yeah. unlike her father <laughs> like the more you know the streets of manhattan my yeah. baby was into it you yeah. know a, a concert amusement park that kind of thing. But uh, enough about uh, Nashville, All because right. we actually have a great guest tonight. 
on the Mike and Dr. Drew podcast. He, he is a, a really a well-respected guy in the fitness world, and I think, and I'm speculating here, but I think uh, Mr. Mike Mahler, our guest here, really kind of made his name known in the world of kettlebell training, but I look at him as one of the most uh, respected and trusted voices in uh, hormone optimization. Oh, yeah. That's where I've come to really right. t- uh, take his advice on a lot of stuff. But he is a very sharp guy. He is also one half of the men, uh, one half of the team that does the Live Life Aggressively podcast alongside Sincere Hogan. Let's please welcome Mr. Mike Mahler to the podcast. Mike. Mike. Hello. Please tell me that that awesome intro was heard. Anderson's looking at me as if I've done something wrong. There we go. There is Mike. No, no. Well, we'll fix this all in post. Oh, no, wait, no, we won't, because Anderson will say that that's, that's not what you do in podcasting. Uh, so anyway. He's not hearing us is the problem. Um, He's definitely sitting there. We can hear him. Dr. Drew. Hear him breathing. I thought that uh, we could talk to Mike about um, hormone, hormone optimization because he actually has some pretty uh, interesting things to say about how we have, and when I say we, I mean Americans, um, have really confused ourselves on the application of DHT and how it affects the the prostate. Mm. And there's a lot of uh, literature that makes people scared to kind of mess with DHT yeah. uh, because of its effect on the prostate. And in actuality, it couldn't more of the opposite couldn't be true, and that it can be useful in kind of um, in kind of regulating harmful effects of the prostate. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, it yeah, doesn't but, really matter to you yeah. now, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, Mike, are you there? I'm here. There, there we, we go. go. Beautiful, beautiful. I don't know if you heard my uh, my loving intro, but <laughs> if you didn't, I uh, I I, I was gushing about you, and, and uh... <laughs> I didn't hear it. I look forward to hearing it when when the show is archived. Okay, great. Um, again, MikeMuller.com, the official website, and then the Live Life Aggressively podcast is the podcast that Mike is behind with his friend Sincere Hogan. And um, I, I was telling Dr. Drew that I I think that you really made your name as a, a kettlebell instructor and one of the kind of foremost authorities in kettlebell training. But I look at you as one of the more respected kind of names when it comes to hormone optimization. Um, how did you kind of get, how did you break into that world? And then after that, I want to know, how did you decide to kind of get so educated on hormone optimization being that you're a vegan athlete? I would think that the two kind of are contrarian. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, you're correct. I did start off as a kettlebell instructor back in 2002, and that was my gateway into the fitness industry. And I got into hormone optimization just following my interests, and that's always been what's worked out best for me is whatever I'm interested in. Usually other people are interested in that as well, and it becomes part of my business model. So with hormone optimization, I I went through a really nasty case of pneumonia where both of my lungs got filled up with bacteria, and I had to have a, a tube stuck in my back and pull all this bacteria out. And I, and I lost 30 pounds of muscle and I was just really unhealthy at this stage, just from the accumulation of stress, trying to build my business, had personal life things going on. So long story short, I started researching what led to hormone optimization, the importance of our hormones and how they affect how we think and feel. So basically what I learned is that things such as testosterone and growth hormone and DHEA and DHT and pregnenolone they have way more effect on how we think and feel than how we think and feel affects those things. Yeah. So if you feel like crap, for example, you can try to outthink that all day long, 
But if you have really low testosterone, for example, you can you can do all the mental tricks in the world. You're still going to feel like crap. So right, and, taking and, it. and that's going to so affect. More, more effectively would be to what can we do to optimize hormones? And if you can do it naturally via diet and restoration, supplementation, et cetera, great. If that doesn't work, you might have some kind of brain injuries. For example, Dr. Mark Gordon's working with a lot of soldiers coming back from overseas that have had head traumas. Right. And what's, ha- what's happened is the pituitary gland is damaged, so nothing natural is really going to help them optimize their hormone levels. They're just not going to get their testosterone up to a level that makes them feel great. So that's a case where stuff such as hormone replacement TRT, et cetera, is very useful, and it's night and day for these guys. Once you get their, once you get their levels back on, they go from being manic, depressive, suicidal to being functional, feeling really good again. So I'm glad to see more people talk about hormone optimization now because it has such a profound effect on your well-being. Well, Dr. Drew has been for a long time talking about how uh, misguided we are with women and how we treat their oh, hormones in, in later age. And you know, you kind of echo the same sentiment, Dr. Drew, as far as these soldiers. But you say it's night and day for these women when they get to the mid, mid part of their life. Well, and- you know, we're, we're living far longer than we're supposed to. Yeah. And so women's right. hormonal system shut down. And, uh, you know, we're so we actually are sexist in how we look at women's. Oh, the ov- females. Uh, oh, the ovaries. They pr- that produces estrogen and progesterone. Therefore, we've got to replace the estrogen and progesterone. Oops. Ovaries also produce a bunch of other hormones. Yeah. Well, we won't bother with those. That's a male hormone. Yeah. We, uh, women don't need that. Well, they do. And uh, I mean, Mike, before you get into things like. Um, supplementation. Um, really, there's there's a lot of ways that we, like the traditional American, can fix his hormone, his or her hormone profile, just by kind of changing the way they live their day to day life. Am I correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to look at the master control hormones too, such as insulin and leptin in particular. And for the average American, eats just loaded a diet loaded with sugar, loaded with salt, loaded with chemical additives, fake foods. So you're spiking insulin all day long, and then that has a negative effect on other hormones such as DHEA and testosterone. So by cleaning up your diet, low sugar, low glycemic, good fats in your diet, we have to get over this whole fat phobia that we still have. How's the, how's the, the MCT? How does medium chain triglycerides going to make you fat? And the right fat, such as coconut oil, nuts and seeds, olive oil, flaxseed oil, etc can have profound effects on your health and well-being. It well, helps you, fuel all of the sex hormones. You I mean, spiked you you spike really Dr. Drew's interest. You're not giving yourself the building blocks to produce testosterone naturally. Right. You so d- definitely you, cleaning up your diet has a huge impact. You spike Dr. Drew's interest because he has a huge boner for MCT oil right now. Um, <laughs> and... I, um, yeah, you know, but, MCT oil is the talk of the town these days. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Dave Asprey really like uh, unlocked uh, Pandora's box with the bulletproof stuff. But uh, you know, like the bodybuilding world and and a certain like uh, segments of the strength training world have been using MCT oil for a long time. But Drew yeah. Drew really has taken to it and discovered kind of the use of healthy saturated fats. Yeah. Um. It, what, what's your take? I, I would imagine, especially as a, again as a vegan athlete. Um. If not the use of MCT oil, but coconut oil as a whole, uh, it probably is is pretty useful. Am I correct? Yeah, definitely. And I, and I do a vegan diet much differently than some of the more popular approaches where it's very low fat, low protein, high carbohydrate. I've never found personally that that's what works for me. I don't feel good mood wise. My strength in the gym is not great. Sex drive is lower. So I, I need a good amount of fat in my diet. I would say at least 30, 40 percent of total calorie intake 
from good fat sources. And I've always found that if I have the right amount of fat, workouts are fantastic. Skin looks good. Mood is great. Recovery is good. So with a vegan diet, as you said, it's naturally very low in saturated fats. So I like adding things such as coconut oil, cacao powder, for example, is also really good. Dark chocolate, high percentage of high, a high percentage of the darkest chocolate you get, 70%, 80%, for example. Those kind of things I find work really well. Sweet. Well, yeah, now Drew, Drew is all about the cacao. Yeah, and, uh, why and the powder and not the butter? The butter's fine, too. I'm just thinking of what I load up in my morning protein shake. So the powder works well in there. You can take a tablespoon, mix it up with coffee. A lot of people are adding all kinds of things to coffee these days. Yeah, coffee's <laughs> so turning into the new. thing you can add. You're already putting coconut butter in there and whatnot. Just add a little bit of the dark chocolate powder, too, and it's a nice taste to it. Uh, yeah. What 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 did what is your take as far as meal frequency? Because that that is another thing that's mm-hmm. kind of really uh, the hot topic yeah. right now. I I'm I'm not, I'm not for what is popular in the fitness world, which is small, frequent meals throughout the day, and for a couple of reasons. From a hormonal standpoint, I don't think it's good because you're spiking spiking insulin all day long, and you're not allowing hormones that naturally produce growth hormones such as ghrelin to kick into gear because you're always mitigating hunger. I think it's good to have some level of hunger in between meals and hunger going into a meal, not ravenous hunger, but just a certain level of hunger, which is just a natural indication that you're ready to eat. So with longer stretches in between each meal, you improve insulin sensitivity, you improve leptin sensitivity, you go to stored body fat or energy instead of just relying on those quick fixes all day long. And also, it, it's really, in addition to being really inconvenient to just constantly have snacks all day long, you're never satisfied. You're always just hopping from one little meal to the next. Yeah. No one leaves one of those little meals feeling great and satisfied. It's true. I, I, that, I think, makes it very difficult to maintain in the long run, and then you're probably going to go in the opposite direction at some point. You're going to start snacking more in between meals because you're just constantly in this state of hunger all day long. I, I also think not enough is made of the the variability amongst metabolic systems in right. the human population. Right. I, I mean, I, I you know, virtually everything that is commonplace recommendation categorically does not work for me, such as the small right. frequent meals. I gain weight no matter how small, and I feel like S, the fact shit the whole time, while yeah. intermittently much, much spaced out with larger meals, feel fantastic all day. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I do, think I agree. That's a great point in the sense that and, and I, lose, I lost, you know, I go through sk- the information, but then personalize it to your individual needs. So when some, you may know someone who eats five, six small meals a day and feels fantastic, and that's great for that individual, but you may do the same exact approach and feel horrible. Yeah, I, my, my, I like Douglas. I have a son that he can eat all day long. He does not like eating a lot. I like eating a lot, and he yeah. never gains weight no matter how much he eats. If I don't have long stretches where I don't eat, I'm consistently not gaining muscle, laying down fat. Yeah. Well, and also it's it's funny that you brought up your son, Douglas, because you also have another son. They're Who, twins. Who's more like me. They, they're they're DNA-wise, they're identical, yeah. and he is— Well, they're identical. Like, they're not right, identical. But you know they're, what they're I mean. They're related, closely related. But yeah. they're twins. You can't yeah. get a much closer than that. Well, they're not that. monozygotic twins. They're dizygotic twins. Listen, so. you're talking to a dummy here. They're My not, point they, being is they came <laughs> out of the same womb at the yeah. same time, yes, yes. They're, and and they're, they couldn't be more opposite. And, and the one that's more like me, guess what? Lost 15 pounds in MCT oil. We same have, as me. Nice. Yeah. We have— uh, how, how old are your kids, Dr. 22. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you're still really young. At a yeah. certain age, you can get away with a lot. I mean, I was in college drinking beer all night and then getting a great workout in the next day. Yeah. Sure. You know, when I was, oh, yeah. 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 Everybody remembers you're, being you're indestructible. You get away with a lot when you're in your 20s, late teens, et cetera. Yeah. When right. you get late 30s, 40s, that's when you see a real deterioration. Yep. Like that's friends right. of mine, I'm, I'm 41 now, but friends of mine who haven't taken care of themselves over the years, around 35 is that tipping point where <laughs> it's a pretty fast downward spiral if you don't start pulling it together. Uh, Live Life Aggressively is the name of his podcast. It is also the name of his book set. You can get an ebook or print edition at MikeMuller.com. More to come after a quick break here on the Mike and Dr. Drew Show. There's no doubt about it. Vaping is daunting. With so much choices, where do you even begin? Begin at Craft Vapery, the ultimate destination for vaping made easy. The Craft curates the largest selection of top-quality vaping flavors and hardware available anywhere. Delivered straight to your door. Discover and shop the very best of vaping with ease. Or subscribe and receive a monthly box of flavors handpicked by Crafts curators to match your specific tastes. Don't waste time or money with trial and error. Let Craft Vapory be your vaping guide. And as a special gift for the holidays, Craft is offering our listeners extended access to its biggest sale ever. Simply subscribe or shop at craftvapory.com and enter the promo code LOVELINE at checkout. Craft Vapory, the only way to vape. Craft Vapory. That's craftvapory.com and use the promo code LOVELINE at the checkout. You'll save 25% off in the shop and 50% off subscriptions from now through December 16th. Hey, Dr. Drew. Yeah, Mike. I pretty much, uh, look, I never bought anything online in my life until I met my wife. Oh, and, seriously? Uh, now all I do is go to Amazon. Uh, yeah, I buy pretty much everything on Amazon. And if you want to support somebody that has an affiliate relationship with, with Amazon, you go to their website, you click through the Amazon banner, and at zero cost to you, Amazon shares some of the purchase price with the affiliate. Why are for, you being so nice about it and saying somebody with an affiliate relationship? You're right, Mike. I should be more specific. Forget an affiliate, some vague affiliate. Let's go to Podcast One where you can find the Loveline podcast, the Loveline page. Bookmark that page and just click through on the Amazon banner located at the top of the homepage. You can even use the Amazon banner if you're in Canada or the UK. It makes it easy for all future purchases. Again, it is Podcast One. Dot com. Click on the Keep It Free banner to support Amazon and all the wonderful sponsors that make the show possible. Hey, it's Emily from the Sex with Emily podcast. My podcast is all about helping you get the relationship and sex life you deserve. For over 10 years, I've helped millions of people get what they want in and out of the bedroom. On my show, you'll learn sex tips, relationship tips, and I guarantee you will be more confident, get more, and give more pleasure and have better sex just by listening to my show. That's Sex with Emily on Podcast One. That's O-N-E. Welcome back to the Mike and Drew Show. We are joined by Mike Mahler, a uh, a real um, well-respected name in the fitness world. And we are talking mostly about hormone optimization, but... One of the things, Mike, that I really like about you in comparison to a lot of these guys who have made their name, guys and gals that have made their name in the fitness industry, is that you take a tremendous amount of time both in your uh, articles on your website and in your, in your book, Live Life Aggressively, to talk about the application of your mental and emotional state and how it Oh, yeah. Affects your body. M- M- Mike uh, <laughs> read me something from your book. Remember this the other day? Yes. And I- we were both like, oh, my God, finally, somebody is saying this so loud and clear. It's fantastic. From, uh, from your book, uh, Recommended Steps, Where Do You Go From Here? One of the first steps you recommend is address emotional issues such as childhood traumas. If you fail to do this, hormones will never balance. 
I discussed this in a chapter on embracing compassion or being destroyed by anger. And that really does encapsulate not only uh, different aspects of your book, but uh, if you if you follow Mike on Twitter, which I highly rec- recommend you do, a lot of times you're giving fitness advice. You know how to how to do proper kettlebell swing. But a lot of times also you talk about where to find motivation, goal setting, things like that. Have you always been this guy who has been disciplined in that way, or has been interested in understanding the psychological uh, emotional and, and, aspect? And, and before you answer that, I also want to say that I, I believe that eighty percent of the obesity epidemic is trauma. Oh, no one yeah. ever talks about that, and that's that's, right. that's the truth. No, I I agree completely, yeah. and and yes, yes, Mike. Actually, I I actually have a degree in religious studies with a emphasis on Eastern philosophies. Oh, okay. So I spent a long time studying Hinduism, Buddhism, Sufism, etc. So the mental physical connection has always been important to me. But just also from a personal level, I went through some childhood sexual abuse when I was around five, hmm. and it was something I suppressed until I was in my early thirties. And looking back, it, 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 I can see how it affected so many of my different actions, self-destructive behavior and so forth over the years. Mm-hmm. And it was when I had full total recall of that and then went through a process of dealing with those emotions and so forth that I felt this big weight lifted off of my shoulder. And you, you had a greater understanding of why you are the way you are, good and bad. So I, I do feel that emotional issues, especially unresolved emotional issues have a huge impact. And like Dr. Drew said, the majority of people that are overweight, they're using food as a medication Mm -hmm. to avoid addressing something. And wouldn't you guys both agree that that medication is so much more powerful nowadays than ever before? I mean, with with companies understanding how to really manipulate tastes and Mm -hmm. things like that, it it, it can become very difficult. Well, let's talk about the hormone optimization. How does a male, for instance, optimize... DHT. Well, and to be to be more specific, how does a, a male your age? I mean, because well, I think it would probably be different than yeah. a guy my age, yes. you know. So, yes. so let's take a guy like Dr. Drew, who's in in very very good physical condition. He likes to lift heavy weights. He likes to eat healthy. So you got the the kind of the structure there. Where does he right. go from here to kind of better uh, to better strengthen his testosterone profile and his hormones? Yeah, I think the number one thing that most people can benefit from, and people hate hearing this, is improve your sleep quality. Get more sleep and improve the quality. So taking things such as magnesium before you go to sleep, melatonin in some cases, doing meditation, relaxation strategies. A lot of people have a ton of anxiety. They watch a lot of TV, and then they go to sleep in this agitated state, and they're just tossing and turning all night, and then they need a ton of caffeine and other stimulants to get through the next day. So I I think a good sign of whether your sleep quality is optimal is do you wake up naturally energetic within minutes of getting out of bed, or do you need some kind of kick to get the day going? And I would say the vast majority of people need a cup of coffee or something way stronger than that just to function. Yeah. So getting high-quality sleep is definitely important. Yeah, and people don't the often— di- the, I'm sorry, go ahead. I would say people don't often understand what, what sleep hygiene is all about. I mean, you're, you're talking about grotesque sleep abnormalities, but there can be subtle sleep abnormalities too that can be very impactful. Yeah, I mean, so many positive things happen when you sleep. Your insulin sensitivity improves, your mm-hmm. leptin sensitivity improves, you get a natural increase in testosterone, and a sign of whether you're getting a t- a- an increase in testosterone overnight is, are you waking up with an erection each morning? You know, mm-hmm. That's a sign of 
good testosterone production each day. And as guys get older, that frequency goes down to null at some point. So that's a sign that you're not producing testosterone naturally anymore, or maybe you have some vascular and or vascular issues. And then that's when you produce a good chunk of your growth hormones. A lot of good things happen when you shut off. Right. And if, especially, this is even more important if you're a hard-driven person. You're working out hard. You're an aggressive business person. You have a, you're, you have a lot going on in your community. Now, now it's even more important that you make sure that you unplug and get the highest deep-quality sleep possible. And then I think with diet, the longer stretches in between each meal make a big impact for a lot of people. So that's worth experimenting with. Balance of protein, carbohydrates, and fat. I really like Dr. Barry Sears' zone diet. I don't think that's the perfect ratio for everybody, 30% protein, 40% low glycemic carbs, 30% fat. But I think it's a reasonable place to start. Right. And then you modify, play around with those ratios. I like to have a little bit more fat, less carbs, probably a little bit more protein when I'm training hard. Some people do less, better with more carbs, less fat. But there's, I, I think having all three macronutrients at each meal makes sense. It helps perk up all your brain chemicals. It helps give your body the fuel it needs. I think that you're just going to be satisfied for a longer period of time. If you just have carbohydrates, you'll find that often that increases hunger. Now you're even more hungry after having that. But just having the balance of those macronutrients makes a big difference. That's got to be and his then phone. Take, taking a further nope, out. Yeah. There, there we go. Got him back. Um, I when I eat heavy carbohydrates, I get much more hungry. Well, yeah, much I mean. I, oh. Insulin spark, insulin spikes do that to you. I mean, that's yeah. the that's the downside is yeah. that if you unless you consistently regulate your insulin intake like I do, where when I have like Thanksgiving night when I just go crazy, I just go to sleep. But for the most people, if you're consistently getting those spikes, that it's just going to kind of keep you hungry. I would imagine, you know. Did we lose? Did we him? lose Mike completely? Anderson. No, he's he's talking to him. Yeah. Um, well, listen, from what we've talked about so far, it's falling right in line with kind of your uh, voila moment um, a couple months ago where it's like up the up the healthy fats and, yeah. and take bigger stretches between your meals. Yeah, you know? that's it. That yeah. was a massive change for me doing that. And then increasing aerobic activity a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so- and it may it may vary for each day too. You may find on some days you eat more frequently. You're just naturally more hungry. Maybe yeah. you need some more meals. On other days, you're not quite as hungry. Yeah. Often on on days I don't train, I can go much longer periods yeah. without eating. And yeah. on, on some days when I for train, sure. like for example, this morning I did a lot of hill sprints. You're basically a bottomless pit. <laughs> you know, you you have a lot of hunger that day. So I, I think that's the other thing too is that not every day is going to be the same for most people. On some days you're going to have higher energy needs on some days lower and that's the other factor that's and that's another thing to take into consideration as well uh we're talking to mike mauler uh mike mauler.com the official website also listen to his podcast with sincere hogan called live life aggressively um i am a big fan of your uh recovery oil i use it nightly um before i go to get home from love line i What's that? squirt it all over my body it's got a lot of zinc magnesium a lot of beneficial minerals and then also i believe some msm and it's stuff like topical that oil? yeah topical oil and uh I, I heard about topical use of magnesium in particular a while ago from an Ayurvedic doctor, and, and it turns out, you know, Mike had one of the better ones available on the market, and I love it. I highly recommend it to anybody. Um, how, how, do you, how do you kind of make it in the supplement industry, Mike, when it seems like if you do have a good product, which I do think you do, your testosterone booster and your, and your oil are great, and the quality's there, how do you kind of, continue to go get by and make money off it without kind of 
selling out to the man? Because it seems like a strange industry to not get fucked over on. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I think I'm I've been fortunate in the sense that I spent over 10 years building my business and reputation before I even thought about selling nutrition supplements. That wasn't really something that was on the radar for me until, until I started just recommending things such as magnesium oil. And I was, I was recommending the herbs that are in my testosterone booster. And I was making a bunch of other companies, a lot of money. And then it made more sense for me to improve the formulas, put it under my label, and then give the customer the best customer service experience possible by having them buy directly from me where they have a conduit for me instead of, let's say, going to a popular nutrition store where the person working there may or may not know anything about the product. But you can't be having a direct line to the formulator of the product who is going to make sure that you have the best experience possible. What, what is- so I, I, I built a pretty big following long before I got into nutrition supplements and it wasn't premeditated. It just, it just happened naturally. It happened organically. What is in the testosterone booster? I I have three ingredients in the herbal testosterone booster. One's called bulbine natalensis, which is a South African herb. The other one is called makuna, which is an Ayurvedic herb. And then there's stinging nettle root. So the, the bulbine improves luteinizing hormones. So you signal more natural testosterone production. It also mitigates estrogen, conversion of testosterone into estrogen. The macuna works with increasing dopamine, which has a connection to both testosterone and growth hormone. And it also lowers prolactin. And finally, the stinging nettle root helps increase free levels of testosterone. It unbinds it from what's called sex hormone binding globulin. A lot of people might have good levels of total testosterone, but their free levels, what's bioavailable, is really low. So it works on all those different pathways. And I've I've had really good success with it, a very low non-responder rate, a very low rate of people that are not satisfied, didn't feel anything. I've had it out for about two years now. So that's worked very well. A couple, is there measurable changes in circulating testosterone? One question. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at the testimonials on my website, I've had people go from a total testosterone of 300 to 800, okay. 200 to 600. And, and how so not know? everyone who takes it measures their levels, of course. And then I'll be honest, some people have taken it and measured, and it didn't go up at all. In some cases, it went down a little bit. So it's definitely not every single person that's responding positively. Sure. But the majority of people that have taken the time to do blood work and have sent me the results. It's been really positive. And how do we know really the, well for them? The, the, I always get worried about you know chemicals that are you know herbal, any chemical from anywhere, whether it's from a plant or whatever, and potential adverse effects. Since since these don't aren't subject to the eight hundred million dollars of research that the FDA requires for every chemical that yeah. comes out, uh, how, we, how, how do we understand what the risks are? Yeah, that's a, I mean that's that's a really good question. I think you want to look at. I mean first. You want to differentiate it from stuff such as TRT, where you're just either injecting testosterone into your body, and it can go to very high levels, and then it can metabolize into other things, or you're putting on a cream where it can go into really high levels, and then you're shutting down your own production. I think with something like mine, it actually improves your natural production. Even when someone has gone off of it for four weeks and, and done testing, their level is still higher. No, I'm not, I'm not so much worried about... Worried about what's relative to the. Hang on, I'm. I'm. I'm not. Mike. 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 Importance of having optimal T levels. Pretty sure we can't get through. In terms of whether giving it a boost can have some potential negative. I mean that that's something you always want to consider. I think that's why yearly blood testing is a good idea. I well, mean, not, you go to the doctor every year anyway for a checkup, but I think I think checkup should involve comprehensive hormone testing. Well, as well. well, two things. That way, if something. Are you there? 
cut it off at the pass no. and make some modifications. Two things. One is we really don't know what a, a appropriate or even a physiologic th- uh, testosterone level is for any given individual. I mean, we just don't know. You know, the, yeah, the, the, the therapy. Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. But that's not. Hold on. Example, someone may. No, wait, wait, I, no, it's I want to ask a hundred, which we think is low, but they feel great. Their sex drive is good. Their mood is good. So I don't. There's really not a need to to do anything at that point. No, no. But when it's 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 my question is, whenever you put a chemical in your body, there are untoward effects because it affects other systems and can you know it gets well that's definitely true you know and so i wonder i just worry that can have a big impact on your testosterone levels and should we be concerned with the negatives of that if if me adding a couple tablespoons of olive oil increases my testosterone a bit is that something to be concerned about and i don't know for sure if, if what the correct answer is to that so i think the best thing you can do is try to measure whatever approach you're taking no, no, you keep missing my point. My point is, you know, when you put it, when you take a medication for high blood pressure, let's say, it right. can affect a system a thousand, a completely unrelated, you never imagined it affects. That's right. just because you're putting a chemical in your body. Well, that's how they discover right. some yeah. medications, that's, right? Well, that's right, because it has all these different, and and one of the, you know, one of the the dire effects is occasionally the genetics, the epigenetics, the gene modulation is, a, you know, the DNA is affected. And when you use a, something as complicated as an herb, and it's not, properly you know not studied not extensively bedded, yeah. i just always worry about that that's i who knows that's that's my thing and i, I you know it's probably nothing it's probably nothing to worry about and if i'm completely unrelated to the hormones and the testosterone just chemicals in your body on a daily basis yeah it's just you know you worry about carcinogenic effects you worry about you know vascular effects endothelial dysfunction you know, there's so many different things that can go wrong um you know because physiology is just sort of infinitely complex that's the only thing I was just wondering. How, how do you how do you understand the risk when you don't have the data that that measures it? That's all my my question was. Yeah, I guess I mean you make the you make the best decision with the data that's available, and then it's something that is ongoing as you have is, more is information there... and you modify. But I mean, those are all good questions, and I think that's something no matter what approach you're taking with hormone optimization, you should be aware of. And like you said. Who knows for sure what the optimal levels are, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. And then what the what the side effects can be. So I think you do the best you can with the information that's provided. I mean, not not too long ago, everyone thought that fat was the enemy of health, and everyone was on this huge carbohydrate kick. Yeah. And that didn't work out so well for a lot of people who did it. And then we had to modify that approach. Yeah. Yeah. And then that now now we have people talking about you know putting tablespoons of butter in coffee, and that's a great way to go. And who knows what the negatives of that are? Right. Exactly. People exactly. have done it, and then we see. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So let's take let's take a guy like Dr. Drew and I, because he is he is very invested in his health and 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 lifting weights and things, and we constantly sit here and just geek out about training and stuff. And uh, he, two things I wanted to run by you as far as Dr. Drew's training protocol. One is he loves low-intensity, high-volume type of, uh, of uh, cardiovascular activity. Um, you know, he'll jog five or six miles, you know, here and there. And secondly, he likes to lift heavy, but I can't get him on the deadlift and squat bandwagon. <laughs> and I want to know if, uh, you know— my like, back won't take Sure, it. sure. And, and that's a valid argument. It, it's that— yeah, it do, it does the risk outweigh the, the benefit when it comes to things like barbell squats and, and, and deadlift? I mean, it, it can. And for you, then you have to ask yourself, are you prepared to take that risk versus reward? I mean, is, is, is it worth the possibility of really messing up your back, potentially permanently, to deadlift 550? Uh, 
And ah. that's, you know, that's for each person yeah. to figure out on their own. But for the average person who could care less about that, they're not going to go compete in powerlifting. They don't need to be the strongest guy in their, even on their street, let alone city or neighborhood, country, et cetera. There's always modified exercises you can approach. So, for example, a trap bar deadlift where you stand in the middle of it so the weight is in your center of mass so that it's not going to have those shearing forces that de- – a barbell deadlift where the weight is in front of you and it's harder to keep in your center of mass can have. The weight is more distributed. So that's a good option for anyone who has back problems or is worried about getting back problems. You can do things such as kettlebell swings, not exactly the same thing as a deadlift, but it's a posterior chain exercise where your glutes, your hamstrings, your lower back are all working in unison, just like a deadlift. And then you're in with, when you apply high repetitions or lots of sets with low breaks, you're getting some cardiovascular benefits there as well. But I think when it comes to exercise, you have to, the best approach is something you're actually going to do, something you're actually going to stick with. So I could tell people, hey, make sure you get your squats and deadlifts in. And they're not. And if, if they're if they're going to do it, great. If they're not going to do it, though, realistically, then that's not the best option for them. So you have to figure out something else. You yeah. have to apply some skillful thinking and say, all right, let's let's find something else, maybe that's similar, that's going to have similar benefits that we can get you on. Mike, we are such fans. We're so much in the court with you, you know, in, in the way of thinking and the things you have to offer. Mike, are there videos of Mike show, showing the proper technique for some of these lifts he was talking about? Yeah, MikeMahler.com. You can see there's an online library of not only articles but uh, different. Uh, there, there's an excellent, excellent video with Mark Philippi just, just breaking down the, the bench press. It's one of the best uh, videos I've seen with uh, about the bench press there is. But there's a ton of videos, especially regarding uh, uh, kettlebell exercises. And also there's um, – a whole series of kettlebell uh, exercise videos that Mike has put out himself that are available at MikeMuller.com or just look for Mike Muller on Amazon. What do you call your Turkish lift? Uh, yeah, the Turkish getup. Turkish getup. Oh, yeah. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan, man. Uh, but, Mike, it's been a great uh, – It's honestly, it's been great having you on the show. I'd love to get you on Loveline if you're ever in L.A. Uh, yeah, so, I would I'd love to be on. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Of it's course. A pleasure. Definitely a fan of your show and both of your respective work. And I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, no Mike. Really appreciate it. MikeMuller.com and then also the Live Life Aggressively podcast available. Everywhere podcasts are available. Uh, so thanks a lot. And then also thank you to all our sponsors and all the guests that listen and subscribe and make this thing go. And thank you to Dr. Drew's big, beautiful pecs that I see in his tight-fitting shirt and his amazing arms and forearms. Mm. Wow. Mm. Welcome back. I'm getting turgid. All right, everybody. Assalamu alaikum. We love you. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program. When you're ready to buy a car, you got to go True Car because True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Everyday True Car users receive negotiation free guaranteed savings, and True Car users save an average of $3,221 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. Dr. Drew? First, download the True Car mobile app or go to truecar.com to find out what others paid for the car you want. Then, second, register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Yes, and third. third it's simple. Take your guaranteed savings certificate to the True Car certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states with True Car You can save time, save money, and never, ever overpay. To see how much you can save on the car you want, simply download the TrueCar mobile app or visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com.